Hello and welcome to BJGP Interviews. My name is Ewan Lawson and I'm the editor of the BJGP. In this episode, we talk to Dr. Hassan Arwen, who is a GP and welcome doctoral fellow at the School of Medicine at Keele University. And the paper is Emotional Distress, Anxiety and Depression in South Asians with Long-Term Conditions, a Qualitative Systematic Review. Now, mental health is reported to be poorer among people with long-term conditions and people of South Asian origin, but little is still known about their experiences. So I started by first asking Hassan to tell us a little bit about the background evidence and also how they defined emotional distress in this study. I'll maybe start with emotional distress uh, as to what that means and why we chose that term uh, as opposed to kind of mental problems or illness and those kind of things, because that's really crucial in, in what we were looking at here. And emotional distress, uh, we considered as upset and negative emotions that don't fit a diagnostic cr- criteria for, for mental illness. And this is really important um, because actually one of the concerns, uh, for example, in the South Asian community is a lack of diagnosis. So if we uh, so if we only consider people who think and have diagnosed mental, men, mental health problems, we're potentially actually missing out a lot of people who are, who are going through significant distress, um, who, who are not, um, who, who have not got a diagnosed illness. And that actually came out in the results as well. Uh, if, if you don't mind my saying, that actually we had people who had the extent of suicidality um, in, in the literature, but they did not consider they had a mental illness. They, they talked about their distress rather than mental illness. So that was a really crucial uh, factor when, 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 when we did our study, that we were looking at emotional distress as well as depression and, and, and anxiety. In terms of the background, I mean, we, we know about comorbidity, we know about multimorbidity, and we know that physical and and mental health uh, multimorbidity is is worse. People have got the poorer outcomes in terms of quality of life, in in terms of morbidity, in terms of mortality. South Asians are the biggest uh, group in in the UK, the biggest minority group in the UK, uh, according to, to the previous census. Uh, and, and probably in increasing uh, from that. And number one, they've got much higher rates of, of certain long-term conditions, such as depression, uh, sorry, certain long-term physical conditions, um, such as diabetes, such as heart disease. Uh, and we also know that their outcomes tend to be worse in terms of mental health problems or what, what our GPs diagnose as mental health problems. So uh, we think of reduced diagnosis we think of of treatment outcomes uh we, we we think these are generally poorer and worse so in terms of health inequality this is a really really important area for a number of reasons this was a little bit of an unusual methodology here i want to just touch on that briefly that it's a it's a synthesis it's a, a systematic review of qualitative research and of Plenty of our listeners will be familiar with those in terms of quantitative research and the numbers and the meta-analysis. So it's a little bit different. So you've pulled together a whole lot of qualitative literature around this area, as you've described very nicely there. Um, We won't linger on the methodology, but perhaps you could go on and tell us a little bit about what the key themes, what you've found through your systematic review. So so there there were three three areas that really came out. Um, Okay, so the first was the understanding of emotional distress uh, and, and as I said, we looked at emotional distress, depression and anxiety. So the first was people described non-medical terminology, in particular tension. Um, and 
you know, the, the importance of this, as I mentioned, is to the extent that people maybe uh, described sui suicidality uh, in several uh, papers, actually, but they wouldn't, dis they wouldn't consider that they had a mental illness. Okay, um, so that, that was really important. Tension, in other words, there was a really complex relationship between distress uh, and physical illness. So distress causing physical illness, making physical illness worse, and a whole host of reasons why physical illness uh, led uh, to emotional distress as well. In terms of their experiences of emotional distress, there were multiple forms of inequality. Um, being South Asian, having a long-term disease, poverty was incredibly important. And, and we know uh, for example, particularly Bangladeshi and, uh, and Pakistani backgrounds have got almost 50% in, in poverty uh, in the UK. But internationally, um, poverty was, was, was really important. Um, there was a lot of distress specifically around the time of diagnosis of, of, of the long-term condition, again, which is something important for, for GPs to consider. There are a number of different cultural factors, uh, some really interesting male uh, gender differences as well. So for example, for men um, related to culture, potentially was a real worry and a concern uh, about loss of work. Um, they, they, they had a, uh, their kind of locus of control was much more external. For women, it was more uh, emotional discussion based on family experiences. And then for a GP, uh, potentially the most interesting findings were around help-seeking behaviour. Um, there was a lot of self-management, um, a lot of seeking help from faith, uh, from family, from friends, but but they felt that in, uh, clinical support was, was quite inadequate, number one. But actually, number two, they wanted uh, clinical support. So there was that real tension there, which, which, which is interesting. There's um there's an awful lot of to cover in this, and same with any qualitative paper. There's it's, there's a tremendous richness to it, and I would um, recommend anyone go and read the full paper. There's a couple of things I was going to pick out to talk about a little bit. The first one was that I kind of was very aware that you know the, the tremendous level of stigma as well in the South Asian population for people who do have long term conditions came out in this paper. Yeah, absolutely, um, and and often it, it was described within a lens of of blame, particularly with conditions like diabetes and heart disease. We we understand that there there are lifestyle factors that can have a, have a play in terms of causing these. I think what's unfortunate is is when when it's used as well. Actually, this is somebody's fault, and I think that was uh, one you know significant area with, with this this concept of of blame, but also. Sometimes the the health beliefs of these patients were were, were a, li a little bit less um, than 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 what we might have hoped for, which kind of led to understandings um, slightly differently as well. Um, and then I, I think a, a, another issue is is kind of mixed in almost in terms of different cultural understandings. You know, some people talked about, for example, being punished and this was a mean a, a means of kind of greater punishment that they had this this condition so stigma was an area but it's a whole kind of to topic within itself that that's really important in, in in this one area i wanted to make sure i gave you a chance to talk to was about the fact that we've got to be careful about and this is a limitation of any of this kind of research but an important consideration is that south asian ethnicity it's not just a single there's there's multiple different groups within that they're quite heterogeneous and your your review came out with some differences between groups uh, between like indians and bangladeshi and other um other people from other different from different countries 
So it's quite important to bear in mind when we interpret these results that we're not, this is not one homogenous group. And I think one reason why we thought about South Asians as a group, and this is something we discussed with our patient advisory group as well, is there are a number of of shared cultures, shared languages, shared religions, um, a shared geographical area. So so there are a number of similarities um, and a number of similar challenges that people face when when they go to different countries. Actually, conversely, it's a it's a really uh, heterogeneous group as well. So, actually, you know, for example, religions, uh, cultures uh, within the, the the different groups, languages, again, um, um, multiple different languages. So, so there can be quite a bit of diversity around that. And, and those are some of the findings uh, that that we found. For example, how in Indian uh, participants, for example, normalized. Uh, physical health problems. Bangladeshi participants, for example, tended to to have a, a lot stronger faith-based uh, uh, help-seeking behaviour. Um, and even even if, if if we were to put that on individual levels, you know, I'm sure if if we were to look at say individual Indians, individual Pakistanis, individual Bangladeshi, there'd be a whole lot of diversity within that. So, I think we, we, with anything, you can we kind of have to to look at a broad level um, and 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 then go in. And I think this is what what we tried to do. I think with any systematic review, you've always got to be careful of that averaging effect that you're just taking a, a big group and then trying to smoosh them all together into one. So we're, we're always wary of that, aren't we? But I, I thought that was interesting. And of course, we know about inequalities. And just yesterday, as the, at the time of recording this, um, the, uh, the the differences in mortality and deaths associated with COVID were very, um, have been, were again, we're in the news. And in fact, Bangladeshi populations in particular, having something like a five times increased risk of death um, over the over that time period that it was reporting on. Uh, one of the things you mentioned there that what you had a very, one of the strengths of this research was that you had a very, um, you had a very uh, strong patient advisory group as well. Yeah, I mean, that was really crucial to this research. Um, so I, I, I'm based at Keele University uh, for the research and we've got a strong research user group there. But one of the, the, the challenges we found w- was that there, there weren't any South Asians within the research user group. Um, so really to make sure that this, you know, the, the research is for the people that it's serving, it bears into mind their considerations. Uh, we went out to the community and we recruited um, a, a group of South Asians. Um, and, and this was really, really important and really interesting for me because I'm, I'm South Asian myself. But actually what the research user group, what, what the patient advisory group was saying to me were things that I hadn't thought about. Um, and it, 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 it was it was really reflective of me to consider that actually that community voice is so important. And when we're professionals, when we're in different roles, we, we sometimes leave that behind. So it was it was important from every stage of this research, um, from the conceptualization to the analysis to results and dissemination, that that the South Asian view was not just heard but was but but was leading uh, in in this. Excellent. We should move on just finally to talk a little bit about the implications and what we think should happen next. Um, one of the key implications that gets mentioned in the paper is that the importance of clinicians within primary care developing a level of, as you described, cultural competency. And I wondered if you could talk to that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think cultural competency is, is something really important. It can sometimes get a bit of negative press as well, um, with people thinking, oh, you know, I've, I've got to learn about lots of different things. And it doesn't mean that a person needs to be an expert in all of the different cultures and the 
backgrounds and religions and everything else. I think one one nice uh, description is sometimes talked about uh, around cultural humility and just understanding people have different uh, cultural norms, cultural aspects that can have a significant impact on their health. And as GPs, if we're aware of that, if we think about that, and if we are inquisitive and ask about that, you know, that can go a really long way. Some of the, some of the, uh, participants talked about in in this research not going to the GP because it was devoid of cultural meaning. They felt that the that the GP had uh, a, a lack of understanding and a lack of interest. And just having an awareness of the differences, or that there may be differences in different cultures that ha- that have a direct impact on health, uh, and having an interest in that, I think GPs would go a really uh, long way in in terms of opening up these discussions and and gaining trust of 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 the patients south asians as well as other other different cultures yeah absolutely and um what, any other thoughts on implications and future directions of research to explore this area further yeah i mean i think just one one other thing that that i think is important for gps to consider um is thinking about dis- distress and the different forms it may be described in, in this group so that, so they won't present necessarily present traditionally. So I think that's one really important uh, area for, for GPs to think about, especially uh, when we're seeing patients around the time of diagnosis. In terms of research areas, I mean, I, I think one, one interesting area was this uh, difference between male and, and female area uh, and female aspects. And there's been a lot of, of, of research in, in different elements in terms of female South Asians, but much less in terms of male South Asians with long-term conditions. So I think that that's an area to um, to explore further. Um, some of the aspects that the, the, the patient advisory group talked about that were, that was missing from the data, again, was very interesting. Um, so the patient advisory group talked about things like cultural aspects like black magic um, and, and evil eye and, and these really cultural concepts. They said, this is missing from the data. Why is it? And that's something that we'd be interested to look at. Was it um, is is it is it a concept that's there around distress, or or, or is it not? Um, and then I think you know some of those religious aspects that were quite strongly described and discussed, and how how that can be used as a potential means of support or not uh, of managing distress um, is 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 a, another really interesting area of direction. Yeah, well, this was definitely an under-researched area and an important gap to plug in our understanding. And um, I'd just like to say I've learned a tremendous amount reading this paper um, and it was incredibly useful and I hope it's done a little bit. Um, I hope other people get as much from it as I've managed to get from it. It's, um, it's excellent research. Hassan, thank you so much for spending the time today. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research papers and articles can be found at bjgp.org. The show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. Do share if you've enjoyed it. Subscribe via all the usual places, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your podcaster of choice. Thanks again.